Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can dance all night long. And here is your host. The baby face of podcasting, JC Bowie. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right now, go and left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? One question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. I am your host, JC Bones. I am Doc Haas. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Welcome to our premiere episode one-ish. We're here to give you the post-show results of tonight's Survivor Series event. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at FourthWallCast, at JohnnySmarksalot, at Doc Haas Fourth Wall, and follow us on Instagram at Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Our third man, Johnny Smarks, is in bed because it's a school night. So you're going to be hearing from Doc and I telling you our thoughts on tonight's event. So, Doc, let's get right into it, bro. We have a lot we want to discuss. So let's start with that friggin' main event. Doc, tell us your thoughts. Now, usually it's the point of the show where I immediately say, fuck Brock Lesnar. Still not a huge Lesnar fan, especially where he's at right now. But at least he went out there and wrestled a match tonight. You know, and and they wrestled, and at some, there was even points where Daniel Bryan even looked like he was going to beat Brock Lesnar, which is awesome because that's what I mainly hate about Brock Lesnar. He shows up about you know five times a year, and he goes in the ring, hits some F fives and German suplexes, and it's over. This actually felt like a match. All I want to see out of my champion is at least a match, a real match. It should have gotten into a real match much sooner, man. It was a squash the whole first half of that match. It was very reminiscent of the AJ Styles match from last year. It was an exact replica, just copy, cut, and paste one year to the next. Let's put a different person in so it doesn't look exactly the same, and we'll give someone what they want with Daniel Bryan as a title. I was not a fan of that match. I wanted to see more out of that match. I wanted to see more offense from Daniel Bryan. And I really want Daniel Bryan to come out victorious. Brock did not need the fucking win. He didn't need the win. I think this is yeah, a it bad start to Daniel Bryan's championship run right now. It wasn't a fuck Brock Lesnar moment, but it certainly wasn't a main event caliber champion versus champion match. I'm 100% with you there. Would have loved to see Daniel Bryan go over. He should have went over because he needs a win like that with this kind of character redevelopment. 
And there's just no reason to give Brock to win. He's not going to be back until the Rumble. You're not going to see him again. Him losing means nothing. He just takes his title back to his fucking farm in Minnesota. And we'll see him at the Rumble when he faces some other schmuck who's going to get beat in under 20 minutes in a main event match. Well, you know who he's going to face. He's going to face Braun Strowman at Rumble. And I think that's when Braun's going to win the title. I think Braun can go into Mania now with the Universal Championship. Because now that the Raw team won... Now, now hold on. When... Raw team won. Braun can now face Baron Corbin. Right. Yeah, Baron Corbin next month at TLC. Right. Get some stupid stipulation. Let Baron get his. I'm sorry, Braun get his hands on Baron, and then boom, his next step, he's going to be facing Brock again at Royal Rumble. I'm not convinced he's going to beat Brock at the Rumble. I'm not convinced that Brock Lesnar isn't going into WrestleMania as champion. So you, and think, then maybe, you think Brock's going in? I think it's going to be Brock and Drew at Mania. I, I think Drew's that. winning the Rumble. Drew wins the Rumble. Brock Drew. I think Braun, honestly, think Braun's going to retire The Undertaker. I can see that, but I think... I agree with you. Drew's going to be fighting for the title at WrestleMania, but I think it's going to be against Braun. I think that, Braun Strowman's going to have his moment to start off 2019 as the, the Universal Champion, and he's going, to be, he's going to be the one to pin Brock Lesnar. I respectfully disagree with your bullshit. I cannot wait to see what happens then on the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> now, of course, that's what I want. We never really get what we want. Especially so, when it comes to Brock. We never get what the fuck we want when it comes to Brock. It's utterly frustrating. So we already did, all right, So we talked about where Brock's going to go after this match. But now, where does Daniel Bryan go? Are we um, still going to see Daniel and Miz at, at we WrestleMania? Gotta get Dan AJ has his rematch. So you're going to have Daniel Bryan and AJ at TLC. At definitely. TLC, probably in a stipulation, yeah. a TLC Some match. Sort of, probably, a, probably a no DQ match or something mm -hmm. since after the low blow. And then maybe after that, you might uh, you might see the Miz rivalry pick back up with uh, Daniel Bryan. I don't, I don't see – Daniel Bryan's going to beat AJ Styles at TLC. There's, there's no reason to put the belt on Daniel Bryan if he's not going to win the re rematch against Styles. And I think you're going to get Daniel Bryan and the Miz at the Rumble. And you might even get it again at Mania, you know, depending on how things shape up. I, I think if they play their cards right, they'll push off the the Miz Daniel Bryan match, and it'll have that be a nice slow burn for the title. Let that feud let, let that feud marinate for a couple more months. It's already lasted eight eight some odd years. Right. Um, also, another possible opponent for Daniel Bryan at Royal Rumble is Rey Mysterio. Someone who does not need to win the Royal Rumble, does not need to be in the Royal Rumble. So give me Rey Mysterio versus Daniel Bryan. You got a dream match right there. It's a believable match for each man. Rey doesn't need to win. It's a great win for Daniel. Perfect. I agree. I like that. Fuck Brock Lesnar. I'm yeah, sorry. Fuck Brock Lesnar. Fuck Brock Lesnar. At the end of the day, fuck Brock Lesnar. All right, fuck so <laughs> then we have – we also had Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair tonight. This wasn't the match I was hoping it was going to be. Um, I couldn't really – I couldn't read the audience, and they were cheering Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. I couldn't tell who they wanted in the match, but Becky got a lot of pops tonight, even though she wasn't even there, and they were right. still cheering for her. Two things I got from the crowd tonight. Um, one, obviously very pro-Becky, but it was a pro-Smackdown crowd. This was like the crowd saying, hey, we like what you're doing on SmackDown a hell of a lot more than what we that what you're doing on Raw. Now, the results of tonight's Survivor Series do not reflect that at all. But this match definitely reflected. This was the best booked match of the night, unquestionably. Ronda wins by DQ. That's awesome. We all agreed that Ronda should have won this match. Charlotte didn't need to win. But to see Charlotte Flair almost pull the Becky Lynch card 
there's so much that sets this sets the tone for it. This sets us down the road to Charlotte and Becky versus Ronda at WrestleMania in a triple threat. This plants the initial seeds of four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. And it gets Charlotte Flair back to doing what Charlotte Flair does best, and that's Flair-like heel things. This was the best thing WWE did tonight. It's probably the only really good thing they did tonight. I'll be real about it. This was probably the one match that I was more invested in, the more I was actually interested in watching it. And they only had 14 minutes. They had the short, one of the shortest matches on the card next to the tag team championships, uh, champions facing each other. Um, I loved Charlotte's viciousness at the end, taking out Ronda, but I, w- I was hoping to see more. I knew it wasn't going to be a clean finish, whether it was Becky in there or Charlotte. I do see this leading to something, and I do like how Charlotte is making it known that Becky is still her ex-best friend. Even though she's doing this for Becky, she knows that Becky and her are not friends, and I really right. hope they keep that angle. Because honestly, if I hear about the fucking four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match one more time this year, I'm going to punch a hole through the wall. You're not going to see it. You're not going to see it until at the very earliest next year's Survivor Series. This is just an initial seed to be planted in the ground. And it's going to grow ever so slowly over the next year, as long as WWE does it right. And this was a good start. They seem to be doing women's wrestling a lot better than men's wrestling right now. So I'm hoping that trend continues. Um, you didn't, I, I don't mind that a match was only 14 minutes long. I mean, there was a you know almost a 10-minute beatdown at the end of the match. So it's not like there wasn't a, a nice long spot for them to work. And it was nice to finally see Ronda like, get her ass kicked a little bit. Like, that needed to happen to Ronda. She needed to get her ass kicked a little bit to just bring some sense of realism into her character. Exactly, and she needed to hear the heat that she was getting as she was walking back to the locker room. Right, it's not always going to be celebrity roses and stuff like that, you know? You're going to have heat, and there's going to be people who don't like you. So it's good that she got that tonight. It's good that there was a very anti-Ronda crowd. That That was good for Ronda. It was great for Charlotte. Best bookie of the night. Agreed. Now let's stick with the the women, and let's talk about the women's Survivor Series match. Dude, I was so pissed off when they pulled Ruby out of that match. You know how freaking hyped I was the other day about this. She finally got on it. I was tweeting all day about that last week on Raw. I am so pissed that the Riot Squad was not on Survivor Series, except for those backstage segments. I'm so pissed off. don't get it. Like, what did Sasha and Bailey bring to that match? Nothing. That was better than Nothing. what Ruby or, or Natalia could have brought. Not like they, they didn't do anything with them in the match. Like, this would have been maybe a little different if, like, they pulled those two and put, like, the Iconics in. Like, you, I think you were saying or, or um, the in Bellies. our last guest. Not even if the Iconics. The Iconics are mad at SmackDown. They feel disrespected. Alexa's giving them a chance. And the yes. Iconics would be perfect to yes. be with Alexa also. Like, that at least would have made some sense. But to take one of one of your best workers in Natalia out of the match and Ruby then to Ryan. take one of your rising stars in Ruby out of the match for the stale Bailey sasha line. I got to cut you off. You mean... Why take the star Ruby Riot off of your team? I think that's what you meant. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Continue, Doc. What do you have against Natalia, man? Natalia's a G. She's old school, man. I'm over her. She's old school, but she's like the only thing worth a damn from that old school. She was more over when she was shitting her pants every every episode. Oh, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. She she, she isn't over now because she isn't used on TV enough. 
That's the only reason she's not over now. She could be over. She needs to be a heel, though, Natalia. That's the first exactly. thing they need to fix about Natalia. Yeah. She needs to be a heel. But the, we could argue about Natalia all day. The Ruby yeah, Ruby I, was a travesty. I have to say about Natalia, though. They use her to put over the younger talent. But at this point on the main roster, everyone's been put over. Everyone right. can have a storyline. Natalia could afford to take a trip down to NXT for a year and help though that crew of women down there in that locker room. I mean, if Natalia is okay with that, then go for it. Why not? I don't think I don't think she deserves to be like that. Almost seems like a punishment, unless like she's okay with that and she wants to take that like, you know, that elder statesman role at this point in her career, which it's not the worst idea. No, she's she's been an active competitor for a while now. It wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't hurt her her career or legacy at all. Right. I think her legacy is no, already when she shit her pants. I hear you there. I'm with you there. Uh, we nailed the Mandy Rose thing as the fifth member. Yeah, like that, that we, was, we that all was nailed that. Made the most sense. Yeah, they, they, that was like smart. Well, that SmackDown did something smart, not Raw. <laughs> Who'd have thunk, right? But what do you think about about uh, Nia pushing Sasha off the top rope to help to make sure that she was the one to be the sole survivor? Like that was why they put Sasha Banks in the match. It didn't make any sense because. Alexa made such a big point about the team being unified to the degree that she kicked two members off the team, two members that people well, that I wanted to see on the team. You only wanted to see one of them, of course. But and then to have Nia turn on the team in the match and have Alexa not care, it didn't make sense to me. And it's, I, I know why they did it. They're rolling with the whole Nia knocking Becky out. They're mentioning it on TV. They're playing up the punch. She's playing into the to the heat she's getting. Some people think it's X-Pac heat. Even if it is X-Pac heat, she's playing it right. And that's why she did it. So I get why, but I don't know why they had to do it to Sasha and take Ruby out of the match. You know, I tweeted about this earlier during the match. Nia needed Becky to get over. She it did. was unintentional, it was not organic, but because it happened, now Nia can get over. And now Nia's going to get heat. And this is probably the most over she's been. In and, my main roster, and the main roster, Raw and SmackDown have such a hard time developing the heels that are truly heels that people want to boo. So they kind of got gift-wrapped this like opportunity, and they're going to roll with it. And I'm okay with that. As long as Becky's okay with it, and obviously I think she would be if they're continuing with the storyline and the locker room's okay with it, and nobody's you know upset with that, then roll with it. You need monster heels, and you need like real monster heels. And this is a great way to get Nia over in that in that facility. Yeah. Two other things really surprised me in this match. I was surprised that Tamina didn't last longer. I really thought they were going to try and put her over as being strong as well to help, you know, help the credibility of the team of her and Nia. I was also surprised that, surprised but uh, pleasantly surprised that Sonya Deville lasted so long and she had a really good showing mm-hmm. in tonight's match. Yeah. Even, Ma- even Mandy looked pretty good, you know, yeah. in tonight's match. She didn't look bad. They both but did. I'm glad Sonya Deville was one of the last two on the team. How do you think that this looks for Asuka now moving forward? What do they do with Asuka? Um, I don't know. I, I still see this like kind of booking purgatory with her. Unless they really like introduce women's tag titles, I don't see where you're going to put her because Becky's going to be out for a little bit. You know, maybe Asuka and Charlotte. Go, uh, Charlotte I guess Charlotte's a heel now. So maybe you do Oscar Charlotte for a little bit. Why not, why not just Becky's turn everyone ready. heel at this point? Or just turn everyone just turn heel everyone at this heel. point. Go for it. Right. Why not, right? 
Yeah, turn yeah. everyone heel at this point. But I think if they're going to introduce women's tag titles, now's the time because Becky's out and everything's a shit show right now with her being out. This, I'm sure this whole match is completely different than they originally were planning on doing it once Becky got hurt. So that's like, I don't, that's, this is the problem with, uh, with um, SmackDown because we don't know what to do with Oscar. It's such a talent right now. So until those women's tag titles come about, or she gets another chance to fight for the title again, she's going to be stuck in booking purgatory. Mandy and Sonya are obviously going to feud with each other. Nia's probably going to face Ronda at TLC for the women's title. So, you know, th- that stuff I think seems very obvious. And then, uh, but, you know, there's Bailey and Sasha, Naomi, uh, Asuka. We don't know what we're going to do with them until I think those women's tag titles come about. You know, I want to touch on that women's tag titles real quick. I'm actually not looking forward to that. If they're going to add another women's title, I'd rather see a mid-card women's title. Because I don't, I'm not big on tag titles unless you have legitimate tag teams. Don't just pair two superstars together you don't have a storyline for and make them into a tag team. It only works sometimes. It works great for the bar. Uh, I'm sure there were other. It worked pretty well with the, the two man power trip, Triple H, right, and yeah. Steve Austin, Brothers of Destruction. That was natural and, or, and organic, and it worked. It made sense. Right. But it doesn't work all the time. Like I'm not a fan of Naomi and Asuka. I don't like that team at all. You know, they started introducing tag teams like Liv Morgan and, and Sarah Logan, Mandy and Sonya Deville. Those I could see, the Iconics, the Bellas. I could see teams like that. I could see Tamina and Nia. To, to me, that makes sense. You know, and that Naomi, but, uh, Naomi and Asuka makes sense to me. They get that whole glow thing going and the bright colors and the... And they're very they're good faces. It makes more sense to me, and I think it makes to you. It's not as good as like the Riot Squad, so to say. I don't like or, it because it, it's a comedy act. I mean, the Iconics are a great comedy act. They don't need more, and all they're doing is they're they're making fun of Oscar's accent, and that's what it, it, I'm, I'm over it. It's just I got tired of it really quick. I got tired of the Iconics, but that's not Oscar's fault that the Iconics don't have good material to come at them with. This I'm is not this is a this is a cre- right. Yeah. This is creative's fault. You know they have yeah. to find something to do with all this talent. They really do, or they need to create a women's show. Well, speaking of creative, I cre- think creative took a steaming turd on tonight's event overall. Oh, That's e- just my personal yeah. opinion. Me too. If man. I had to rate this show on a five star scale, and the lowest was the shit emoji, this show would get the shit emoji. <laughs> All right. I think the wrestling was too. I think the actual in ring work warrants it. I'm gonna go by the by the classic star the star emoji because I'm a star and that's what I do. <laughs> um, if I had to give if I had to give a star, it'd probably be like two stars overall. Oh, so and it's all because being of booking. Generous. I'm being generous because I did enjoy the actual in ring work for the most part tonight. For so the most like, part, it, it kept me. It, it didn't. Nothing ever made me want to just like fuck this. Turn it off. You know. You know what I also was unhappy about? Uh, it was the mid-card title match. Seth Rollins, the Intercontinental Champion from Raw, facing Shinsuke Nakamura, the United States Champion from SmackDown. I was really expecting more out of this match. Um, I, I think this is starting to say something about my favorite wrestler right now is Shinsuke Nakamura, and I say it every week. But I think this is telling me something. Every time I watch Shinsuke in a match where I expect so much more, I'm, I'm always left underwhelmed. I don't know what it is that I'm expecting from him. I feel like the couple clips that I've seen of him in New Japan, I know he has more in him. But do you think – what do you think is is, the, is wrong with Shinsuke? I know you, we have different takes Opinions. on Shinsuke's career, yeah, yeah. you know. But 
What do you think, Doc? What do you think Shinsuke needs right now? Before we begin, I was surprised you even made it to the end of Survivor Series after Shinsuke lost and Ruby Riot got pulled from the card. Yeah, I'm no surprised you made it. Through. I thought you were going to turn it off. I didn't think you were going to make it through the whole night. Um, the shit, the problem with Shinsuke, and it's the problem I've had with Shinsuke from the beginning, I just feel like he hasn't adapted well enough to the North American style of wrestling. There's not enough holds in his, like, in his, in his, in his, um, move set there's not enough traditional north american stuff in his move set and it's not enticing the crowd his character's great the kicks and the strong style are great but he doesn't do strong style like the british guys do like those british guys do holds and they're a little more i think they're a little more fluent in the rain honestly i think shinsuke's a pretty big dude like he would be like six foot five shinsuke he's not a small man and but he kind of fights this style that fits better for smaller guys like that's an issue with him too, and the most obvious issue with Shinsuke, and there's nothing he can do about this that he isn't trying to work on already is the language barrier. Guy needs a mouthpiece. You're the right. The guy needs a mouth. Just give give the give the poor guy a mouthpiece so he can truly get over with the audience in that sense at least. See, I I don't think he needs a mouthpiece. I can't see Shinsuke with a manager. I think if Shinsuke is given shorter time to do promos, and they don't expect him to do like this whole four minute vignette. I think it'd be a lot more powerful if they only gave him they gave him a really short promo to say and he could say it very slowly that way he could enunciate every word and just make whatever he is saying powerful. It's 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 very uh, it, it's very possible for them to do this for Shinsuke. It's going to help because like Io Shirai doesn't ha- speak very good English, but whenever she I'm sorry not Io, Kairi Sane, I'm Kyrie sorry. Sane, yes. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Sane is not very is not that great on the mic, but when she does talk, it's very minimal speech. And what she says is powerful, and she puts a lot of emotion behind what she says. If they let Shinsuke do that, I think he'll be fine. And I think, I think what he also needs is to be in the ring with a veteran. Yes, AJ's a veteran. I understand that. And I know Seth Rollins at this point is a veteran. But him and AJ come from that New Japan, that Japanese-style background. He needs to be in the ring with someone like a Randy Orton or a John Cena. Because remember when he fought Orton and Cena on SmackDown Live those two times? Those right. were his two best matches on the main roster, hands down. I'm going to give you two rebels to that. One, I like what you're saying about him doing short promos, but he should do it in the way that Brock Lesnar says short little burbs with Paul Heyman. Like, I don't know. I don't know why you can't see Paul Heyman introducing Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, you might have to tweak Shinsuke's gimmick a little bit, make it a little darker, maybe. But I could easily see Paul Heyman doing that whole shtick he does for Brock for Shinsuke and getting him over. And as for opponents, I will tell you one thing. The match with Rollins tonight, in my opinion, I do think it was the best wrestled match of the night, without a doubt. And it was better than any of his matches with AJ and WWE. Oh, hands down. Yes. It was definitely yeah. one of his better wrestled matches. But again, I was expecting more out of this match. You know, I don't know. I can't put my finger on what exactly I, I was I'm, hoping for. And they got they got a decent amount. Of they were going for like 21 and a half minutes. Yeah. So they had a decent amount of time. I did yep. like the, the ending sequence. I did like how they I thought the whole match was really well. good. I thought it was it was easily the best match of the night. Easily. I mean, they looked great. I thought I, I don't expect as much out of Shinsuke as you do. So what I got tonight was I thought a little better than I've seen out of him in recent times. And I do see the improvement in him. I don't think he can't not get there. But there's simple things they can do with him to get him there quicker. Whereas, and his fans want him to get there. He does have fans. I got little kid students who like Shinsuke Nakamura, you know? 
So it's not like he doesn't have a fan base out there. People love his character. Love it. Yeah. They love the whole rock star thing. It's, it's great. He just needs somebody to do his heavy talking for him. And he needs, and you said, his heavy lifting. Help him with the heavy lifting in the ring. Cena and Orton, those matches were great. Put him back into it, Orton again. Yeah. I, I think right now that's where he, first of all, he needs to get into a feud now and defend the United States Championship. And I think yeah. Randy Orton, I mean, he has a few potential candidates. He has Rey Mysterio, Andrade Cien Almas. He has Rusev, could also be a contender, and Randy Orton. I think Orton is his best pick, though, for this time. Because, again, I think that's only going to help him adapt to the main roster. You could right. let Randy Orton and Shinsuke feud, you know, TLC, Royal Rumble, whatever they have in, fe- in February and March, and then all the way up to Mania. I'd be okay with that because long as right. it has, cause Randy Orton is a good stelly- storyteller also. So right. let Randy Orton help tell a story between him and Shinsuke. And, you know, the more I think about it, I am a Paul Heyman guy. And seeing Heyman with Shinsuke, I How's might have to not? retract that's my gold, statement. Man. I kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, that's gold, dude. You know? that's gold. I'm not talking about Drake Maverick fucking talking. Oh, I'm God. talking about Paul fucking Heyman, okay? I thought you meant like Leo Rush. Shinsuke, Shinsuke, It's not Shinsuke. the same without the third man. Uh-huh. It's not the same. We need the third man for that. No one does, oh, the, no one does the Leo Rush like the third man. So anyway, speaking of Leo Rush, what did you think about the men's Survivor Series match? Team Raw came out victorious. Sole survivors were Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Braun Strowman. Now, let's talk about those survivors real quick. I looked at the scene when they were up on the stage, and it was Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Leo Rush. Just think about, it, about that group. I think I can get into that. With Baron Corbin as still that authority figure and Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre becoming a tag team or just a dominant force on the single side, I could see that. I can't see Drew McIntyre putting up with Baron Corbin's bullshit for very long. I, I think just if, I think if they tweak Baron it. Corbin, Baron and Corbin I don't could think... be more of an authoritative heel where he wants to run shit like the way McMahon was when he ran the corporation. I think Maybe. Corbin has it in him. People hate on Corbin, but I'm a huge Baron Corbin fan. No, I know. I, I, I like Corbin in his role. It's not a knock on Corbin. I just can't see. Like, I think Drew is right now the destined for bigger things than Baron Corbin. And, and I think Baron Corbin isn't a long-term raw GM, despite what happened tonight. I don't think his time as a GM is. I think he's going to be back in the rain at some point. And he's going to be back wrestling and at least competing for mid-card titles again. This is what I, I think I could fantasy book. We already know Braun Strowman's going to get his hands on Baron Corbin next month at TLC. Come Royal Rumble, have Kurt Angle come back for one of the big five pay-per-views, which I think is going to, what he's going to do now to come back in the ring. Have him face Baron Corbin at Royal Rumble. Right. The winner becomes the GM. Kurt Angle wins. Right. Baron Corbin goes back into the ring, and then maybe we'll see Baron Corbin in a match. You'd probably see him in the Rumble that night. Or maybe Honestly. that same night. Yeah, yeah you'd he, probably he see him in, pull double duty. I could see him in the final four of the Rumble that night if that happened. And that way, okay, you lost your Raw GM, but you're still a big part of – you're a part of plans going forward. I just have a hard time – like Drew just got done with the, with the whole faction thing, and it, you know, it didn't work out. I don't see him jumping right back into a faction right away. I don't see that. I think – there might be every now and again you might see Corbin like enlist like like say like he wants to punish a face. So he's like tonight you're gonna have a match with Drew McIntyre, you know, and that could be like Drew's role with Baron. But I don't see it being a deep thing. And it looks like Drew is also gonna do a pro like a real program with Finn Balor. 
which is good for Finn. Finn needs a real program. Even if he doesn't come out on top, he needs, needs a real program to be in right now. Right. So let me ask you this. When is Elimination Chamber usually? February. That's the in-between Rumble and Right. So whatever and, uh, brand Mania, does not win the Rumble has an Elimination Chamber. So going into Right. Mania, and, then, and then there'll be a women's one, too. Right. So going into Mania, both brands have contenders for the titles. Right. All right. Exactly. So I think what they have to start doing is they have to start making that Andre the, the Giant Memorial Battle Royal a num- for the number one contendership for the title for whatever whoever wins going into SummerSlam. It's a guaranteed title spot. But there aren't big enough. There aren't big enough names in that event for that. You like you can't it. have like you can't have Lars Sullivan win that fucking thing and then no. give him a title shot at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. I I did a whole fantasy booking of WrestleMania 35 already. This was obviously before all the shit that went down this past week. There is right. so much talent that if we have like singles matches, you're gonna leave off about 15 to 20 important names that we see on on weekly. Uh, weekly wrestling, both Raw and SmackDown, they just won't be involved in a feud. So we're going to see a lot of multi-man matches, but I still think there's going to be a lot of bigger names left over that you could put some big names in that Andre the Giant Battle Royal and make it for the number one contendership. And I think that could be a chance for Baron Corbin. I think Baron Corbin loses to Angle at Rumble, comes back into the ring February, wins the Andre the Giant Battle Royal a second time, and gets a contendership for whoever the champ is at the time going to the SummerSlam. And I think that could be another decent push for the guy. I might guess you could do that, and it kind of turns into what Money in the Bank used to be. You know, Similar. when Money in the Bank started, because that started at Mania, you'd win Money in the Bank, and you're you're not number one contender, but you have a chance to title. Like I would rather see that be the case. If you win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, it's like a Money in the Bank type situation where you can maybe not like at any instant, but you can like go to your GM and say, "Hey, I want to challenge him now." And the GM sets up the match like, like for the next or something. Yeah, okay. you get like a contract, but not an, an any time contract, like a a more like formal contract. I would rather see something like that than okay. an automatic number. You're, you're the SummerSlam main event because that's risky, man. That's all. That's that's that's, a, that's that's four or five months away. SummerSlam. You know what? For Mania. I, I did hear WWE is hiring some creative writers. And I think I think you and I are killing it right now. So we're gonna send out our applications, Vince. Be on the lookout for Doc and Bones. All right. So you know, let's finish off the rest of this car. Let's talk about the cruiserweight championship match between Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. Uh, this was also not a very long match, but I was I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised with the match. I thought it was pretty good. Not what I expected. I expected a lot more spots. I think that's just me. yeah. I but. think I was I actually left a little underwhelmed from this match. Um, this proves that WWE needs to do more on 205 to get people invested in feuds. You know, they got like the gimme at the Australia show because Buddy's from Australia. Um, I thought these guys told a good story. I would have liked to have seen more spots. Like when you're telling me it's a cruiserweight match, my mind goes into a mindset of what a cruiserweight match is. And I feel like I just didn't get quite enough of that high flying fast paced action tonight. But those guys did tell a good story, so they their their wrestling acumen is definitely high, and they just need to do a two hundred five needs so much like just production work. Like you said it before, why is that show not formed that like the performance center or or uh, full NXT sale arena two hundred five live sale, needs yeah. to go to full sale. I think yeah. that would bring in so it, it would increase their viewership uh, hands down in, he, in a very short amount of time. And you film it during the NXT taping, so you have the NXT audience will dig two hundred five. And that full crowd is hyped. But it yeah. also depends, though, because they sit there through a long, 
long NXT tapings. Those are long days. So you can always tell when, uh, when we're watching NXT Weekly when you're at the end of the tapings because the crowd starts to get a little bit tired. They kind of get drained right, at that point. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, they've been there for a while. Yeah. So while it's a it's good true, idea, a it could be good and bad, you know? Logistically, yeah. Logistics are tough there. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was happy Buddy Murphy retained. I didn't think Mustafa Ali was going to win it tonight. I think he'll yeah, have his neither. chance. I think Ali's going to have a mania moment. Uh, I've seen a lot of a lot of people posting their predictions for Mania 35, and it looks like everyone's everyone's booking for a potential uh, six man or seven man cruiserweight ladder match for the cruiserweight title. Mustafa oh, Ali man, going into be... Mania already as the champion, and including Rey Mysterio Jr. in the seven man match. That would be the shit. Hey, put put that a ladder in there, then so we're gonna expect a lot. Cool, man. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the tag team champions. It was AOP versus the Bar. It was an okay match. This was actually the shortest match on the card at nine minutes. Um, I did not like what they did with the pissing in the pants spot with Drake Maverick. It was funny, but I feel like Drake Maverick is better than that. Yeah, he does. He doesn't strike me. He never, never until he's never struck me as a piss my pants sort of guy. Yeah, he's yeah. smaller. I know the big show is a big motherfucker. I get what they were. It's just reeked of like old Vince McMahon booking. That's yeah. what that reeked of. I'm happy AOP got the win. I didn't expect them to get to win. I thought, I, you know, but I'm happy they did. I'm happy they won relatively clean. You know, yeah, there was a distraction, but, you know, distractions happen when there's guys on the outside. So I'm just happy to see AOP start to take off, I guess. You know, that's the best, that's the, that's the best way I can look at this. I guess this was one of the other this was sort of bright spot of the night for me because I, I am an AOP mark. And you know what sucks is I think the biggest pop anyone got the whole night was uh, the beginning of this match when Enzo Amore made oh, an appearance in the clown. audience and caused the scene <laughs> and blew up Twitter. I actually wonder if he was there to make a scene like that, but to wait till the cruiserweight match. But I think he saw that he was getting blown up on Twitter about it, so he's like, fuck, I was going to do it now. Yeah, it, the it timing was... of him to do it was kind of odd. It, it, it was definitely getting blown up in our um, in our uh, in our, our little chat. chat that we have, yeah, yeah. And we were just like, "Is that really him?" And you could see the crowd go kind of like get get the thing. He's an asshole, Enzo. He's an asshole. So I'm happy he got done. He can go fuck himself. Yeah, I, I think I put it in our chat. He's he's one of he's the reason people hate New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Assholes like him. Yep. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what he thought he was going to get out of that. I mean, okay, maybe maybe his name will be trending on Twitter for the next couple of days because he's an asshole. I bet but, you his name isn't trending on Twitter right now. No, I bet no. you it's already not trending on Twitter. Because you know why? Because it happened so early in the match. He's so forgettable at this point. It's like, okay, cool, yeah. it happened. We had other things we wanted to watch anyway. He's a fucking clown. He's a, he's a, he's a dickhead. He's a douchebag. Any name in the book. Yeah. So, fuck him. So, I mean, I, so the last match we didn't talk about was from the kickoff show. It was the 10-on-10 Survivor Series Tag Team Elimination match. This match was a shit show, man. It, it was the match was over before it even ended. It was it was just rough, and it went on for twenty two minutes. It was a long match. Yeah, it's, this show it started as a fucking train wreck. I will say, I thought it got better as it went along. I thought as it got towards the end and things got a little more organized. I thought it got a little. There were some nice spots. I thought there were some nice spots between uh, Root and Gable and the New Day. Yo, Root and Gable have a great finishing move. Yeah, they are absolutely. really good together. Yeah, I, I would have rather seen them as the last Raw team instead of uh, Revival. Though I was happy to see Revival get that rub a little bit to be the last Raw team. 
because you know, they've been buried a lot. But I thought the Revival was also a little sloppy in this match. So I agree. They were sloppy. Yeah. They also brought out some flying moves that you don't normally see, like these tornado DDTs, yeah. suicide dives, which they they sold them pretty well, man. They actually hit their moves pr- pretty spot The DDT on. Was, was good. I thought the suicide dives were a little rough. But the yeah. DDT was good. Yeah. But overall, the match was okay. I mean... I don't even remember who won the match. Who won the match? The, the Usos. Right? Um, the Usos yeah. won the match. I called Every it. Match I knew on the this. Usos were going to win. It was okay. It was a it was a shit show. Every match on the card was okay, except yeah. for Rollins Nakamura. That was better than okay. Yeah. Every match on the card was okay at best. They, there's no doubt about it. War Games won the weekend. TakeOver won the weekend again. Yeah, I, I tweeted that earlier, too. I said I'd rather watch a, a, a repeat of TakeOver from last night. Takeover last night was hands down a five star match. You know what? Why don't we touch on those five matches real hard. quick? I'm sorry, what did I say? Five. Four star? Five star. Yeah, no, yes. you said five star. My yeah, bad. I know what you mean. Yeah. Five stars. Takeover. Yeah, last it was a night. five star card. Every match was probably at least a three and a half to four star match. The weakest match I thought of the night was the two out of three falls match, women's title match. And it wasn't by any fault of the women in the match, it was because the other three matches were just just so that much better. Fucking oh, yeah, it wasn't that good. Thing. Shayna versus Kyrie was actually a really good match, and we all called it. Yeah. We knew the four horsemen were going to get involved and probably yeah. give her one of the one of the the falls. Give Shayna one of the falls. I liked how Io Shirai and Dakota Kai came out, and I awesome. started seeing maybe a little uh, a little a little faction, just a group of friends forming over there. Maybe we'll see yeah. the first ever women's six woman tag match on NXT now. At Great. the Royal Rumble takeover. Who knows? That could be something cool. Don't defend the title at Rumble. Have a six-woman tag and then face someone else uh, Mania weekend. You can easily not defend the NXT title at a takeover because it is defended commonly enough on NXT TV. I would love to see that. It's, and, it's, and it's common sense booking. I don't understand how we could go from takeover having such good common sense booking to the fucking utter garbage we got tonight from Survivor Series in terms of booking. It's unfortunate because this understand. happens way too often. It always happens on the big five weekends whenever we see a takeover, but takeover always shadows the, the main roster event. When do you think was the last time a main roster event was better than the takeover? That's hard to say because I haven't been watching every single takeover until recently, only over the past couple of years. So since I've been watching it, the main roster pay-per-views have not overshadowed the takeovers. I'll tell you, last year's, I thought last year's Royal Rumble, they were pretty even. With Shinsuke and Asuka winning the Rumble. When they were in Philly. They they were were in Philly. Yeah, I thought they were, it's the closest to even that they've ever been with TakeOver. Closest to even, but main main roster still was not better. No, it wasn't. It was the closest they've been, yeah. Closest they've been to even. You know what I did realize at this TakeOver? This was the first TakeOver in a while we didn't see uh, a new signee in the crowd. Or they didn't show a new signee. Oh, yes, it's First true. First one in a while, because the past few we've seen, we've seen Matt Riddle, we've seen Keith Lee. Um, who was before Keith Lee? Ricochet? Ricochet, so, yeah. Yeah, so we, we, and then we haven't seen anyone tonight, which is pretty interesting. I think they have to figure out what they're going to do now with the NXT roster. I think they're going to start call, uh, sending some of them up to the main roster. Hence, tonight on WrestleMania, uh, wow, what the hell was tonight? Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Um, we saw a promo vignette for the call-up of Lars Sullivan, which I'm not really Vince, excited about. It was, that's got Vince written all over it. Yeah. That's uh, got Vince written Vince all over it. He looks the at big giants. He looks at him as like a combo of like Ivan Koloff and Bruno San Martino. I and, love that. <laughs> yeah, and Lars is... He, I think Lars is a very good wrestler. He has zero personality, though. 
terrible. He needs a mouthpiece. You know what? Make him a Heyman guy. Make him a Heyman. If you're bringing him up to be a Heyman guy, then I, all right, I can he can see be that. he could be Heyman's mid card guy. Sure, go for it. Yeah. But I don't. There's so much other talent you could bring up before him. But the time's not right for a lot of his talent. I guess I thought tonight would have been a great. Let me rephrase that. I guess the time's not right in their minds. I thought tonight would have been awesome for an NXT invasion. Take all those guys in that War Games match last night who probably have a newfound mutual respect for each other and just say, we're sick of being overshadowed by your crappy ass fucking shows and your shit shows. And we out wrestle you every single weekend. Every single takeover we do, we out wrestle you guys. And it's our turn and we're taking over. Could you imagine how ape shit the Staples Center would have went? If undisputed error, oh, they, and they would have crushed Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar. That would have been Ape something, shit. man. I would have loved Ape that. Shit. We would have been talking about that for years. That would, and it was lined up just right. Tonight. It was lined. The cards were lined up just right. A lot of roster upheaval right now. You got to write a lot of new storylines. Hell, do something memorable. Yeah. The Big Five. Do something. Nothing memorable happens tonight. Maybe Charlotte's memorable. That might be memorable years down the road. The Charlotte, the Charlotte destruction of Ronda tonight. But takeover consistently kicks the wwe main card shows asses and this was no no different the i think the velveteen dream tomaso champa match is a match of the year candidate that, that match, match was stole amazing the night. i was i have i haven't marked down and been on the edge of my seat watching a wrestling match like that since not even the ladder match had me freaking amped up like that yeah that I was mean, an unbelievable if, five-star match if every wrestler in that locker room, both the main roster and NXT, don't have an, any ounce of respect for someone like Velveteen Dream, they should not be working there. Because I, if I, I respect the fuck out of Velveteen, man. That dude came from being told by the biggest legend, you're not going to do this. You're terrible. And he just said, you know what? Fuck you all. Watch me. And yeah. I loved his fucking outfit last night. Velveteen and- Dream. And we know oh, his outfit was awesome. Was perfect, dude. Uh, I, I love his little tributes to the old guys. I think that's cool, man. It's a cool little part of his, like, his character. And remember, we were saying in our preview show that, you know, yeah, it's really not his time. It's, a, it's his time. Like, he proved us all wrong last night. He proved me wrong last night because I, I love the dream. He's probably my favorite NXT wrestler. And he proves, like, I thought he was going to beat Champa last night. There were many an instance where I thought that title was changing hands last night. That was an amazing match. All the near falls. How many near falls were in that match? There so be many. A, that be had me on the edge of my seat. Twelve. I, I would say at least twelve near falls in that match. I got to go back and watch it again. I want to really get some stats on that match and see how many near falls they had and how many times finishers were hit because it was it was just it was it was mind blowing how amazing they were. Mind blowing. I was blown away. Yeah, I just think the thing with Velveteen is also timing because because of the whole Champa Gargano storyline still continuing, and everyone knows that's where it's going to. It's, that's all going to come to a head Mania weekend. That's when Gargano is going to finally have his moment, and he's going to defeat Champa and win the title. And that's going to be Champa's call up to come to the main roster and let and Gargano I run with the title for a while. I feel like Gargano and Champa shouldn't fight again until they're on the main roster, man. Yeah, I but, feel like but I would rather see defeat their. Ciampa? I'd rather see it at Velveteen. Have him, he can, Velveteen performed well enough that he can face Champa again at the Royal Rumble NXT. I guess what's that takeover Phoenix that's going to be? Takeover Phoenix. Yeah. All right. Hey, so, I'm with you on that. Honestly, with the performance Velveteen showed us last night, yeah. I have all the respect for that dude. That dude needs every single title. 
and Gargano lost. Gargano lost to Aleister Black. I almost like if Gargano so if Gargano loses to Aleister Black, so he maybe mean, loses enough. Maybe does that sends mean Gargano now has a has a shot at Champa again. Now that maybe Aleister is gonna Aleister is gonna have a shot. But I could see Aleister have a shot at Tommaso Champa on like an NXT TV. You don't think they would have it. him face Champa Royal Rumble? I don't weekend? think I don't think they're gonna wait that long. I think okay. they have to get that done sooner. Dude, what, when, they, think, when they fought on NXT TV, that was a fucking great match, too. Alistair and Ciampa. But it wasn't oh. as good as Alistair and Dream. You, you'd no. be crazy to not do Alistair and Dream again at a takeover if you can. Mm-hmm. Do that again. Let Velveteen beat them. Bring Ciampa and Gargano up and have them just fight at Mania this year. Have them be a, an awesome, oh, like, wow. mid-card match at Mania. I would what, – just name me a WWE mid-card match that you would rather see than Ciampa Gargano for. Right now? I'll wait. I'll wait. Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura, too, at WrestleMania. <laughs> this time, Nakamura's going to win clean. Nakamura don't win like clean. Uh, so what? So you think the match tonight, then, last night, was Velveteen and Ciampa? It was maybe the match of the year. Yeah, I, I think that was the majority vote. I mean, Twitter was blowing up last night after that match. Uh, that definitely foreshadowed the War Games match. Even Alistair Gargano, which every match was a great match, but that match, every match was, great. was amazing in terms of of just pure wrestling in the ring. Uh, they they were they had their high spots. They nailed it. Storytelling was phenomenal from both of them. The two of them are just that's what you get when you put two sports entertainers in the ring, and they go here, have twenty minutes to twenty five minutes, and just go. <laughs> okay. Flawless action. Watch. Flawless action, Watch. man. What did you think of the War Games match before we go? What did you think of the War Games match? I thought it was good. I liked it a lot. Um, I was still just pumped up from the Dream and Ciampa match. I definitely think the War Games match was really, really good. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, dude, Hanson and Rowe are fucking great. Dude, they shine last night. They were, they were the stars yeah. of the match, without they a doubt. Shi- they, that and hoping- Ricochet's... Ricochet's like Sorry, 720 backflip for the stars of the night. Dude, <laughs> and that big-ass powerbomb that, uh, that Hanson yeah. did. It was like a powerbomb mm-hmm. back... Uh, Awesome spots, you know, really cool. I loved all the weapons. They were definitely protecting Pete Dunn, though, because of that injury. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. They don't want to strip him of that title. He doesn't deserve to be stripped of that title. They have to protect him. It's a mm-hmm. smart move. Yeah. Um, I loved Undisputed Heel. Were, Undisputed Heel. Undisputed Era were great heels in the match. Um, I like it, and I was surprised to see them lose. I was very surprised. I like being – and it was a pleasant surprise. It was a pleasant surprise because, you know what, uh, Ricochet – <laughs> Dunn and the War Raiders definitely put on a good show, and they deserved the win. They did. Yeah. Great stuff. So, awesome. Hey, man, it was a great weekend. Cannot wait for Oil Rumble weekend. Fourth Wall fam, if this is your first time tuning in, I am JC Bones. I am Doc Haas. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fourth Wallcast, at Johnny Smarks a lot, at Doc Haas Fourth Wall. And please follow us on Instagram at Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Please tune in every Saturday for our weekly scheduled programming on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And announced earlier tonight, starting January 1st of 2019, you will be able to find the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Addict Radio from the Woo! Rant with Ant feed. Woo! Be sure to be the brand, follow us, you'll still find us on the same platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and maybe more. The goal is to be everywhere. So anyway, if you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience tonight, please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe. Thumbs up. Give us a heart. All those cool things to help us grow and grow into the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, 
We are the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. Goodbye and good night. We love you, Becky. Peace.